part of this conversation and they should have been in the room, <laughs> you know? So, Hey, you know, what can I say? You know, they haven't made it. That's, that's their tough luck. But so now, you know, Kenny, and now are we live, Jen? We're we live. are live, live on the world. Ladies and gentlemen, we are live, but if you're not watching it right now, then it's going to be pre-recorded, but it'll appear live to you because that's the kind of people we are. We are like that. So yeah, welcome to the Soundbroker Mastermind. This is our 38th one. Could you believe it? 38th. I don't know who can divide by, uh, let's see, how many of that? That's 38. We've been doing this for a long time now. Unbelievable. 38 weeks in a row. I'm very impressed that uh, I've been able to stick with anything this long. So, uh, well... <laughs> as we all do. But the reality is, is, you know, this is a show where we all talk about what's going on in life, how we're going to survive these tough times so that we are here when COVID is over. But we do it in a very light and lighthearted manner. And everybody's invited to join us. Just remember one thing that everything that you hear today is an opinion. You need to check it out yourself to validate whether it's true or not. And so we're just here to have some fun and share ideas. And this is the cheapest psychoanalyst. If you want to save some money and not go to a psychiatrist, come here. This is it. It gives you a chance to catharsisize what's on your mind. So, hey, welcome. We'll everybody. stop with the big words, Jen. Big words. No, man. Well, the catharsis and by the way, by the way, Jen, you know, uh, uh, you know, a um, good thing we're live because consider the alternative dead. Yeah, that's right. That you 100 percent. If we weren't live, we'd be watching the impeachment hearings right now. So. <laughs> I don't know if anybody's been watching them. It's uh, they're they're very exciting, uh, you know. But the whole, you know, not getting into any 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 political aspect. But have you noticed that the meme now is they're comparing these trials on the on one side to my cousin Vinny? Has anybody has anybody seen those memes? It's like hilarious, you know. Oh, is that right? That that's quite a slap in the face, then, eh? Well, I don't know. My cousin Vinny was like one of the best movies ever made. You know, it's but like it wasn't exactly uh, the best loss. Uh, you know, courtroom scenes ever, right? Well, Joe Pesci's side was, but they're comparing them to the the public defender. I forgot the guy's name in that in in that. But you know, he was the one who had the 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 the, the, the stutter and he couldn't get out his words. And, but it was the sack of suds where it all took place. By the way, the sack of suds. So who I wants just, to start it off? Who moment. wants to say something? I want to take a moment and point out that for those of you who think this call is a waste of time, we've already learned two new words today that didn't exist five minutes ago, <laughs> and that my cousin Vinny was one of the best movies ever. Top 10, it compares to like Gone with the Wind and, uh, you know, the Ten Commandments. It's, I might it, just have to watch it again. High up. Oh, please. <laughs> you know, are we making the Wizard of Oz. The Wizard of Oz. That's that's pretty that. good. I they're saw that. I saw they're remaking it. I didn't see any details though about it. Just that they announced they were going to remake it. Who's going to play Dorothy? Taylor Swift. I would say if serious? it's not a, if it's not Ariana Grande, I'm not going to watch. You know? I'm just making that up. Taylor Swift. It's going to be RuPaul. <laughs> didn't they make oh, they did, wizard of oz drag version they they did do a version of the wizard of oz they called it the Wiz, and i'm trying to remember who was the lead in that um Stephanie mills it was really oh, really was good the, that was the play i'm sorry that was the broadway version not the movie 
I I can't remember. Was it Diana, Diana Ross or something? No, no, no. It was a it was a it was a young black artist. Uh, she was really excellent, and I forgot who it was. But she All right, was who's really got the Google up? Somebody Google it while we're talking about other things. So anyway, anybody here uh, get uh, get any news with the PPP loan? Anybody in the room have anything with PPP? Ken, oh, I just go. got just got an email today from uh, Bank of America that they're going to release the super uh, easy to ask for forgiveness application uh, like in a few days. And it's going to take me 15 minutes or less and I'm not going to have to submit any paperwork. It's going to be so easy. It's going to be great. That's for the first one. Yeah, that's for the first one. Right. Oh, we just got and, our and second I, one last week. Oh, cool. We just I just got my second one last week also. Last week, too. For those of you, for those of you thought that the first one, you know, you're working on your second one because the first one was too hard. Well, the second one's a lot easier. That's all I can say. And now for some real news. So as you all know, I've been following for the last, for the last 140 days, Bank of America has closed my bank accounts and froze $26,000. I have written to, I've written to every organization that's got three letters in it to help me get my money back. The SBA, the FCC, the FDA, it doesn't matter. I wrote to everybody. And uh, the Office of the Controller, which is OCC, and they all said, well, we'll do what we can, but nobody did anything. But yesterday, yesterday, in the mail came the check for $26,000 back from Bank of America with a letter saying, hey, if you'd like to reopen your bank accounts, we'd love to have you as a customer. And I said, <laughs> there's no chance. So it's, it was a good day for me yesterday. And uh, if you are in one of the states that DreamSpring, dot, I believe it's dreamsting.org, uh, if you're in one of the states, they are by far the easiest and simplest way to get qualified for that second round of PPP. Um, from the time I applied online till the time I received the money, it was less than 10 working days. So really, really good. What was your experience? Anybody else have an experience with this that they want to share? I submitted 10 days ago and it's just crickets at the moment. No, how did you submit? Uh, just electronically through the through the bank. Um, th there was a, a lot of problems with it. The first week is through TD Bank, and miraculously, by like the ninth day, it seemed okay. I decided the next morning I would just you know be ready and prepared with everything I needed, and it wasn't too bad. But it, you know, I didn't, wouldn't have cared if it was bad. I just would have would have been happier if I did it and then it was done already. So we'll see how long that takes. Mm -hmm. So now what's happening with the other side of the loans that you were working on with the Save Our Stages? Did you do any research on that in the meantime? Um, I've been back, back and forth a bit with, with Mike Strickland on this, and we've been talking about it. Um, he seems to, to feel that there, is a, that there is, because production companies are not specifically excluded, that it appears they may be included. He was trying to get some more clarification. I'm supposed to speak tomorrow morning with the SBA lender that I mentioned, who is on the weekly calls with the state SBA reps on a national call. And I, you know, I was hoping we were going to speak today and I could say something before this, you know, know something before this meeting to talk about, but I'm continuing to stay on it. The one thing that the lender did say, and I, I'm sure I repeated this from repeating this from last week, when the time comes, which will be any day, the SBA needs to be absolutely deluged 
with emails talking about the, you know, the inequity of the venues versus the production companies, simply because we are inextricably linked together and we're all in the same boat. And you know, we're not, nobody's looking to take anything away from venues. You know, we want to be around to support venues. So we'll see how that we'll see how that develops. But and I, but uh, I also had emailed this consultant and said, should we also go to the old-fashioned snail mail? And let's uh, let the mailman show up with you know a couple of thousand letters a day in just in mailbags. I don't know if they know how to do that anymore in Washington, but that would be interesting to see. And maybe that'll get their attention. But the guy did say, if you'll get your attention by bombarding them. That's yeah, the only so, way. So a couple of thoughts, Eric. I would think that production companies are actually worse off than venues. Yes. Because of the higher uh, uh, pay, uh, the higher labor pool. You've got way more people working for you or counting on you to give them work than the venue itself. And I mean, I'm not I'm not in the production world, but just in the venues that I work with, doing their maintenance and and their upgrades and installations and stuff. That's what I see. Is usually the venues maybe have a dozen people full time, but when there's a production, there's 50 people there. Right, I mean, the venues, yeah, the venues have to have a core staff. I mean, somebody's got to manage it, somebody's got to book it, has to be a chief engineer. You know, there's a lot of functions that they need. Of course, you know, you can certainly pare it all down and except for an on-site engineer and security, there's no reason for anybody to be there. They're better off at home, but for them to even start getting ready to do business, they've got to have certain people on their staff. Right, for example, the Smith Center, here in Las Vegas, I don't know mm -hmm. if you've ever been. That's our our big, fancy, the nicest venue in town. It has three people on staff right now, and has for about five months. Well, That's they it. certainly need they need to get their staff back because you know there's like in any venue there's maintenance to do. Right. Can't reopen and have some mechanical systems or other or other problems. Um, you know, this is the question really is, and they staff up obviously. You know, per event, it staffs up. You know, security, stagehands, ticket takers, ushers, box office, people selling the merch. You know, concessions. There's a, there's a ton of people there. Not all of them are part of, you know, would, would be considered employees since I think some are outside concessionaires. But on the production side, the production companies generally would have a larger staff than many local, many local venues, whether it's an arena, theater, what have you. And we certainly, certainly do, you know, we cover a number of arenas. But, you know, we're, again, we're in the same boat. It doesn't matter how many we have or don't have. Bottom line is, you know, everybody I know, revenues is off more than 90%. Right, that's, that's what I'm saying is in the letters, that's the point I would make that, hey, you know, so much, thank you so much for looking out for the venues. But if you look at it, Madam Senator or Mr. Congressman, the production companies, the concessionaires, the, the, the traffic management people, the, all that. Parking, the, merchandise. Yeah, they all that adds up to way more people than the venue itself. So you'd want to make sure something is in there to take care of those companies. So I, well, that's, that's the tack I would take for sure. There's no question. I mean, as I was driving home uh, to get on this call, I did hear that they just announced in New York starting sometime in February, 10,000 seat or greater venues are allowed 1,000 people. So, I mean, for sporting events where TV rights, you know, pay enough to keep the venue going, they don't need anybody. But that'll be great for the venues because they can put people to work and the fans, of course, can get out there. But I mean, you know, you go to the garden, you know, over 20,000 seats. What's a thousand people? You know, it's, I mean, it's like looking at looking at, a, at a, you know, a, a field that's been 90 percent mowed down and there's a couple of corn stalks there. So uh, a thousand is, seats won't even pay to heat the building. Well, exactly. There's, you know, there's a high cost, but they're doing it anyway. They're really doing it anyway for the for the sporting event, et cetera, et cetera. 
it's look to, to hear it today it's a start and then randy phillips was on the news i don't know if anybody knows randy he was head of aeg for 13 years he produced tours with michael jackson and you know bon jovi a lot of other people so you know the the interviewer was saying isn't this great we're going to see a lot of music and basically said no you're not that a thousand people I mean, you, you, a thousand people is not going to pay the IA bill. Just not. Don't the cardboard cutouts pay for something to be there? I, I, I think there should be a seat license for the cardboard cutouts. <laughs> <laughs> Some of my best friends are cardboard cutouts. Well, but you well, know, there, there, are, there, there is at least one tour going one tour going on right now. They're doing some shows in Texas and in Florida with reduced audience sizes, but regular production. Uh, I forget great. what the guy's name, Toby something, Christian artist. Well, the, I mean, the bottom line back to PPP and, and the SVB. Toby Mac. Yes, it is. Somebody's got a drone. Be, so now would that be something that Ken Porter would want to talk about? Well, there is some shows. They're all doing some. They have been doing some uh, drive-in stuff too. Toby's been out doing things, but I'm seeing people going into Texas doing shows in Texas. And in fact, the main Austin boy, um, you were asking about uh, earlier about shows. I uh, saw that they booked uh, Miranda Lambert for three nights, sold out three nights already at Billy Bob's. Uh, I think it was March or first of April or whatever. So. There's dates going on, you know, I have most. What, what, what kind of sold out though? Socially distanced sold out or full capacity? I don't know, but you look at the Garth Brooks thing, he sold two stadiums already. And one was 84,000, I think in Charlotte and the other was in Cincinnati at 80,000. So I'm sure that's not socially distanced. That's right. Garth when Brooks, are those, it's are those April shows? 10th on Garth Brooks, April 10th at, at, at Bank of America Stadium in Charlotte, North Carolina, and Paul Brown Stadium on the May 1st. And then he's got July 10th at Allegiant here in, in Vegas. Uh, you know, that might happen. It might not happen. But Live Nation right now is starting to sell tickets. And the weekend... Uh, who was on the Super Bowl? We can talk about that as well. But the reality is, is that they opened up their tour for 2022, and and they've opened up 103 dates, I believe, 102 dates, 103 dates. So things are starting to happen. Um, also, I will tell you that one, uh, the Hard Rock and um, in New Jersey is doing some shows, but they're doing small shows right now because they're limited to 150 people into their big showroom, which basically, as somebody said, it's not enough to turn on the heater, you know? So they're handing out sweatshirts and coats and they're charging extra for that though, by the way. So right. that's in Atlantic, in Atlantic find... City, Jan? I'm sorry, what was that, Ken? I was just wondering, you said New Jersey, is that Atlantic City? Yes, that would be Trump Atlantic property. City. Which brings our reporter from our reporter from New Jersey, Eric Todd, to the forefront to talk about it. Well, there isn't much to say about Atlantic City. The casino, you know, the casinos are open. There, I, I don't know if the, the tour buses are running down there, and it's very limited. But they're doing things. It's social. It's socially distant. I don't really know much about it because, on the smaller side, they're self-contained for all of that. So mm -hmm. it's it's hard to. I mean, I've, I haven't seen anything about any headliners coming to any of the casinos. Not that I look for it. But I haven't heard it. I haven't seen anything on the news, so I don't really know what they're what they're doing down there. But around New York City, which is our backyard, I mean, 
other than things that are being talked about are going to like Justin Bieber's thing July 23rd at the Garden. I, I, I doubt that's happening. I hope it does, but I doubt it is. You know, it's a lot of it's, it's a lot of talk at this point. And it's, I think you know, they're, they're, they're trying to they're, they're trying to sell as many tickets as they can and hope for the best and hope that, uh, you know, 80 percent of the country is vaccinated by July. But that doesn't seem like it's going to happen. I don't I don't think it's that going. at all. What do you think it is, Mike? I think they're selling a bunch of tickets and they're daring the local government to do anything about it. That's exactly it. And you'll notice that's why Florida and Texas are so popular because they're safe bets right now, North Carolina to a certain degree. The local government isn't going to do a thing about it. Those shows will happen. Um, Ohio, I'm not sure. Cincinnati. Uh, Jersey, that's why they're staying small. New York, that'll be interesting. But they're doing a little bit of gambling that by then there's enough vaccinated and, and enough, but mostly they're just going to sell and they're going to dare the governors to do anything about it. So it actually could be, it could be more than that though. I heard a stat today that they, they said um, 82% of concert fans have chose to hold on to their tickets instead of getting a refund. So Garth Brooks goes and sells, someone said 80,000 tickets. That is a, that's millions of dollars. They cancel the event, only 82% get a refund. And someone's sitting there holding millions of dollars for six more months. How much money are they going to make on that? So that, that's a possible you know, motivation for them to be selling. Who's, who would sell an 80,000 seat venue right now for what someone say, April? Makes no sense. Dr. Fauci could. <laughs> what, uh, wasn't that july july in uh, in vegas july in vegas is not a good time to have an outdoor concert is that place is that a stadium air conditioned yeah it's a stadium now, somebody mentioned somebody mentioned dr fauci did somebody mention dr fauci he's now, in the room all, we all know we all know robert scoville and we know that this guy's got a set of ears that you know and on his show on on Friday, and if you if you you haven't been up to his show on the, the back lounge, I, I urge you all to uh, to go up there. But he said that I sounded like Dr. Fauci and he was convinced that I was Dr. Fauci because he said he's never seen me and Dr. Fauci at the same time. The same time. So same what do you place, guys yeah. think? I think Robert's I don't think old. you're Dr. Fauci. I don't <laughs> think you're Dr. Fauci, but I thought that was pretty funny that he thought you had the same accent or same voice as him. We probably well, both came from Queens. That's probably what it is. Probably we both yeah. came from Queens. So, Ken, what were you thinking? What's going on with the with the Christian acts down in the South? Most of them are, are coming back and starting out. You know, there's one off stuff. I'm seeing more one off stuff between March, April, May and tour runs i don't see them kicking up till late june in christian in country most of the heavy headlock tours and stuff are hitting out you know they're doing one-offs april may june and got string of dates starting in in july um some of there you know that's it's around uh even the red rocks was it um i can't remember we have a country act uh that's got there's a two dates booked already you know uh back to back first of, Ju- of may at red rocks so, you know, there's stuff coming. There's people starting to do stuff. Um, I don't know. We keep on. Now, as far as Christian-wise, you know, I ended up the other day looking at it and it says we're up to seven tentatives for Easter weekend right now. So I can't complain about that. When's Easter weekend? Was that April or something? April 4th and 5th. That's 
Wow, that's crazy. Now, but here's but here's what you're going to see now. I haven't read the brief yet, so I don't fully understand the reasoning. But but churches in California recently won a court battle that declared either part or all of Governor Newsom's restrictions on attending churches unconstitutional. So five will get you ten that you're going to start seeing Christian artists performing at churches during service. You know, and when all of this blows up, we're going to be right back where we were in December. Yep. This this yep. is what will totally hose a fall winter recovery for us if this kind of stuff blows up and turns into super spreader events. Well, well that except if there is uh, the vaccine. And right now the vaccines are starting to really get out there. I mean, um, so a bunch of us in the room now I've heard have gotten vaccines, right? That's because you're all old cranky guys. <laughs> for those of, for well, those of us un, just barely under the age of 65 at the current rate of vaccination in Kansas I cannot qualify for my first dose until November That's that's got to that's got to speed up Tim it's got it, it, it's got to go 10x or we're all sitting here just pissing in the wind Well come to New Jersey wow. you can get in, you can be a tourist and get in October You can be a, you can be a snowbird and go to Miami yeah, but, but Jersey in October. No, actually, you can't go to Florida now. They fixed that. You have to be a resident. And you have to have ID. Well, Chris is in the room. Chris Carlton is in the room. So what do you have to say about that? What, 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 is, what is the facts or your opinion on the facts of what's going on in Florida? The latest, the latest change that I've seen in the Wait paper. a second. We need some music. Exactly. Was that, yes, you did need to show ID. You need to show some kind of proof of residency. But what I heard before that was that you could have proof of part-time residency down here, which a lot of snowbirds have. They come down here and they'll rent a place for a few months. That's acceptable. Yeah, That's you, it. you do have to demonstrate an actual connection, though. You can't just drive in from Alabama. Yeah, you have your to shot. show like, uh, you know, a, a bill from some uh bed and breakfast or some airbnb that you're staying at for... uh, or the lease to your rv slot that's a possibility too that, that's that's well i I'm, I'm with a bunch of people in the rv community and the canadians have been flying down to florida uh get their shot and then they have their rv professionally driven because you can still get trucks and commercial transit across the border private citizens just can't drive Right. So they're getting their RVs delivered to them in Florida and they're getting vaccinated, but they're yeah. also staying six months. Yeah. I mean, I, you know, I'm, I've not hit 65 yet. I'm coming up to it pretty soon, but I, you know, it's going to be a while before I get mine, I think. Uh, but, you know, maybe by midsummer I'll have something. So it'll be a good thing. Uh, most, all the events down here have been postponed to next November because Every, usually everything happens down here March, April, and all the outdoor events are, are being pushed back to November after the rainy season is over. So, yeah, we'll I wonder, see. I wonder if there's anywhere we can find out. I'm just curious to know the percentage of the overall population of each state that's been vaccinated so far. Yeah, I bet the that New York statistics Times is out there somewhere. The New York Times posts that every day. Yeah, I got to find I, that. that. Is it true know, that something else, though, with this? I mean, CDC says we're down 62% from 
from January 8th. Uh, the world on meter says we're down 68% since January 8th. I mean, we're yep. new, new daily cases is dropping like a stone. Thank goodness. Yeah. So, you reported that on the other, uh, on the other zoom meeting. Well, and and last I heard it on the news since yeah. then. Yeah, I heard well, it on the news. So it's definitely 40, getting it out there. 46. Now we're, now we're at 62. Well, I, I think that, you know, enough people finally kind of took this stuff seriously after watching everyone get sick after Thanksgiving and Christmas that, you know, we have we've seen the, the daily rates drop. And that's a very good thing. My concern is that humans tend to be very binary. We, we we're either all or nothing. And I've seen that locally. The first time restrictions got lifted in the summer, everybody went out and partied like it was, you know, 2019 again. And we, in two weeks later, had people no, no, lining no. up at the hospital. Yeah, that was for, that was for Prince, but you know, his estate will sue me if I use the song title. So, <laughs> getting to be like the mouse. Uh, but no, and and that's a, actually it reflects that people are capable of changing their behavior when they see an absolute need to. But the minute you tell them they can lighten up, there's not much gradation there. There's not a lot of of subtlety. It's Oh, I can go back and do exactly what I did previously. And that's when we get into trouble again. You know, there's Super Bowl Sunday. Yeah. Tampa was a mess. And yeah. We expect we're going to see the fallout from that within a couple of weeks. Well, yeah. Drunk people jumping on cars. I mean, what's not to love, right? I like the streaker at the Super Bowl. <laughs> Yeah, that was pretty cool. That was like the highlight of the game. I just saw some good footage of him on on TikTok. That streaker made three hundred seventy four thousand dollars doing that. How do you know? You shit me. How do you do that? It's on the internet. He uh, he made a five thousand dollar bet times whatever, so it came out to three hundred seventy five thousand dollars. He bet that someone would streak at the Super Bowl, and then no one would take him. Everybody took him up on that, but didn't think he would pay in. So he jumped the fans, ran out, posted a thousand dollar bail, and made three hundred seventy four thousand dollars on it. Wow! <laughs> what a businessman! What a businessman! We should oh, call him in the room. Let's do that. Today. Let's all go to the next oh, four so... event and do that. I'm like, hell! I should have thought of that. But did you know he get what a, I heard? Did, he, did he get a fine for not wearing a mask? No, he just got a thousand dollar fine. That was it. You know what I heard? That somebody took a bet on the fact that uh, that Mahan wouldn't wouldn't get a touchdown in the first quarter, or or Tom Brady, and they made millions of dollars. Tina, you were telling me about that, right? I think you were telling me was was it you that was telling me about the bet that somebody made made two million dollars off of the fact because Tom Brady had because never that was scored. totally against the odds. The odds were that the guy, the Chiefs were going to do well. Right. And yeah. so I can imagine that would have been a really good bet in the long run to bet that the uh, Chiefs would not get a touchdown in the first, whatever, first half or first quarter. This was, the first, this was the first time Tom Brady ever made a touchdown in the first quarter of a Super Bowl. So the statistics were against him to do it because he's never been able to do it before. And Pat Rose is pissed. Oh yeah. Well, I made four hundred dollars out of the game. I put I put my money on the uh, the Buccaneers winning like two weeks ago, and everybody said I was crazy. And I'm like, no, they're gonna win. Tom Brady's gonna let them win. The refs are gonna get paid off to let them win, and that's what happened. I'm like, couldn't be more obvious. The refs were rooting for them. 
you know, just to go backwards a little bit, because Brian's in the room now, um, what did you hear about the Garth Brooks uh, going on at the Bank of America uh, Stadium in North Carolina? That's right by where you are, right? Yeah, it is. I haven't heard anything recently, but he's postponed the concert four times now. So he keeps waiting until he gets right at the 90 day window and then postpones it again so that they don't have to refund tickets. And there's a bunch of people in town very upset about that because they're wanting their money back. But unless he cancels the concert, he's, they're not entitled to get their money back. Hmm. I think I, I hear that- an attorney general moment. Yeah, I didn't know people wanted their money back. Most people want to, well, you know, want to keep that money so, for the. So I, I've talked to a couple guys that had like eight tickets, and now that they, they don't know whether they want to go in and get it into a crowd in the crowded arena, you know, with or without the COVID shot. I mean, the one guy I talked to, he had over two thousand dollars worth of tickets. Two thousand dollars buys a lot of groceries. Right. Yeah, sure does. He sure does. So what else is going on? What's going on now? So did we did we did we cover everything about the about the Christian tours? Did we get did you get through all that, Ken? Yeah, I got through the Christian tours. But the question I have is, uh, Disney has been open, you know, since some back in the August or whatever. Down in Orlando, have they been challenged on their lawsuit about the the uh, not liable but on a ticket purchase that if you buy a ticket it's a your will and if not you know you don't come in don't know about that but i i i don't know but I, you know today i had a conversation speaking of that today i had a conversation with someone regarding the fact that people are saying well you know the concert industry is never going to come back the way it used to be because people are going to be streaming and my position is that's nonsense because people want to go and see live performances because you'll never be able to duplicate what you can see at a concert uh, event that you can home. In other words, you look around, you're looking up maybe at the, uh, the guitar player or the bass player or the drummer, and then you switch to the left and you say, wow, look at that PA stack. And then you look to the left and you see some, you know, some girl dancing around with, you know, with a bikini on and, you know, just uh, vol- voluptuous, I think the word was, um, you know, and then you you smell marijuana. You can't do all of that in your own home. And streaming just doesn't match up to that. For example, we all know about experiences where people just showed up. Damn the virus. I'm going to go up because I want it. Like, for example, remember when it was really in the prime and the chain smokers did that private show and over 10,000 people found out about it and rushed it. So I really believe that we're going to be coming back. But there is going to be when you get your when you get your vaccine, you get a card. And eventually, what's going to happen is there's going to be a digital passport that's going to show that you've had your vaccines. And I am willing to bet dollars to donuts that you are going to be required to show that if you're going to fly, you're going to go into a government building. And of course, if you're going to go into a concert, what do you guys think about that? Do you think I'm on glue? Way way too many HEPA violations for that. It's and privacy issues to require that. I understand what you're saying, Jan, and, and maybe you're right, but I don't see, I don't see the ACLU allowing someone, uh, Ticketmaster, to demand to see your medical records. Well, they're, they're not asking to see your medical today. record. They're asking to see a proof of vaccination. 
The problem with the vaccination is though that the vaccination is not a cure. The vaccination is an emergency stopgap. It's not a cure. Even the best one is only 94% effective. So we're not going to eradicate it with this round until the, until the science gets better and we have a better vaccine that actually is a cure, then you get your card. I don't know. I wonder about that because the flu vaccines are typically in the 50 to 60% uh, effective range, right? That's what I've heard anyway. And yet we don't close down businesses for flu and lots of people die from flu every year. And I just want to have my doubts about that. But isn't yeah, yeah. But flu's not contagious, is it? <laughs> isn't it? So, so a couple, couple of thoughts. Um, I, I can't see HIPAA applying here at all because HIPAA has specifically deals, well, for two reasons, actually, now I think about it. Number one, HIPAA specifically deals with the portability of your medical records and the protection thereof when your employer is moving that information around. Yeah. That's number one. Number two, HIPAA is a great law, except it was never assigned to any agency for enforcement. So if I go to, because these, you know, one of the things we install is speech privacy systems. When I talk to customers about them, we gave up talking about the privacy aspect of speech privacy systems years ago because nobody's going to give them a ticket or find them. Nobody. There is no agency tasked with that. So we talk about the increased productivity of people who don't, who can't eavesdrop on others' conversations and they stay more focused, sure. et cetera. So that's number I, one. I just... Number two, we show, we show our vaccination records to school districts, um, to, to all sorts of agencies voluntarily. And as long Government as I'm doing agencies. it voluntarily to go to a private event, which is what a concert is, a concert is not a public event, it is a yeah. private event that I have to pay to attend. They can they can ask yeah, for anything they want. They can ask for a blood sample. Agency with government oversight versus some business. Yeah, and yeah, I, by the way, I don't disagree. Look, I actually think we'll probably end up going there. But playing devil's advocate, I could say, look, this is the government. This is supposed to be made up of you know elected officials and oversight and all this other bullshit. This is a private business that could take this information and do something with it. Right. And then they're going to say, fine, don't go. Well, so, you have, the, you have so, the ability to decline that by not buying a ticket. Yeah. You, uh, your participation hey guys, is guys, 100% free and voluntary. I looked yeah, into Michael, it. Michael, what do you got to say? I, I looked into it and it does not violate HIPAA because it is a separate record that you are showing to somebody that's saying yes you've got this or no you don't it is not doing any kind of background into the rest of your medical history anything like that it's like getting a stamp on your passport or visa okay number one and number two if you invite the public if you bring the public in sales or whatever it is a public event i don't care whether Billy Joe Bob put it on or the president put it on, if you've opened it and allow public access, it is a public event. And not only that, I will tell you that I know that the airlines are definitely considering it. The World Health Organization, IATSE, and uh, not IATSE, um, uh, IATA, 
IATA, which is the travel agent, they're all looking into this and it's going to be, there might even be a chip put into a passport for that. Um, so it's possible that it could happen because if let's say just for example, that just the airlines say, okay, you can't fly unless you show us proof of vaccination. Well, all of a sudden, once that first industry does it, everyone's going to jump on the bandwagon because if they're don't they it, don't they already do that for certain countries that you go to? You can't go, you can't get on a plane to say Venezuela yes. unless you yes. show yes. proof of having had a vaccine, well, right? But that's, yep. so, that's international law, Kenny, versus domestic law. No, 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 no. If you go to Hawaii, you cannot uh, you cannot enter without either quarantining or having having that uh, vaccine or a negative test, not a vaccine, but a negative test. You can't check in the hotel without showing proof of, of a negative test. Yep. That's a medical record. Uh, what about those of us who are employers? What are, what us what about us who are employers? What are we going to do? Are we going to require our employees? to yeah. have vaccinations? That's a whole nother thing. And especially as a production company, your client may require that. So now that's, you know, now you've got, a, you've got a good old fashioned Washington two-step there. Um, and it's going to come we, down. We to haven't, our, we haven't crossed you... that bridge yet. I, I have heard a couple things about possibly antibody testing uh, as being a confirmation, you know, that you are a safe human. Um as, a, as opposed a to the vaccine, but the, uh, but the, uh, you know, the so big pharma good. doesn't want it that way. I mean, even because Fauci was asked directly, you know, what happens if we've already got the antibodies and he, you know, without even skipping a beat, well, you should get the vaccination anyway. It's like, why? Now you've got double the amount of Corona in you. If you've already got the antibodies, you've already got Corona, period. And Tim, don't even start with the with the double thing, okay? Because the num the probability of somebody catching it twice is so infinitely small. Yeah, and if you're the I son mean, of a bitch in the hospital, it doesn't matter how infinitesimally small it was. Well, of to course, someone else. but if you're the son of a bitch that slipped and fell on the bathtub and broke your hip, you know you you don't care about that. You know, I mean, come on. Well, it's, if the son of a bitch after slips all, in the bathtub, the whole, I hope the whole, they don't have COVID. What you guys are bringing for, to the front is this is a game of percentages. It's totally about percentages. We're not, you know, unfortunately, Tim, as much as our friends or people that we know have had COVID twice, they're in the minority to a great degree, and it's a very small percentage. So that's what we can't we can't cater right. to them. We're and, catering my, to my point the lump is in the that, middle, you know. My point is that relying on that as a to, as a guarantee that you will not be a hazard to yourself or others in the future. That's why uh, Fauci is saying you should get the vaccination anyway. Sure, I, I happen to agree with that, but that may not be popular opinion. Now, I have I, to I'm stand sure up for myself as, as speaking as Dr. Fauci right now. I will say that you are 100% correct. Uh, but the thing is, is that, the thing is, I just got a letter from the Hartford Insurance Company. Uh, and, and the headline was, can you ask your employees to get vaccinated? Unfortunately, I didn't read it. So you'll have to, this is like, Tune in next week, and we will have the answer. I can so, tell you what the so lawyer Jan, said. Jan, to that, to that effect, the EEOC is supposed to be coming out with some guidelines in the next week or two um, because they're working on this. But the, the standpoint that I understood on this is 
as an employer, you can't do that because then it becomes a HIPAA violation. But a client can make that as a stipulation for a contract. And then so you can comply it with the contract re requirements for your uh, contract, but then your employees have to volunteer to give it, but you can't mandate that as a employee. Yeah. The EEOC is supposed to be making- Here, Here's something, here's something I heard. The local grocery stores I heard are offering an incentive payment, like $100 extra to each grocery worker that gets Pro the vaccine. Kroger's has announced they're doing that nationwide. And then that's how they're tracking it is they're tracking it through the payment, but then that's a voluntary basis. But they also feel that it's worthwhile for their employees to get it. But the corporate clients are going to ask for it. And the, the, the challenge on the production side is, and I, I just learned a hard lesson a week ago, a crew of four showed up at a venue for a taped event uh, for, for uh, Red Bull. And they tested each, each person with a rapid test as they walked in. One of the four tested positive. So they sent four guys home. And technically, as an employer, you brought them to work, so you got to pay them. Had to scramble to get four more guys there to get, you know, to get this thing together. But going forward, you're going to have to require, if the clients require it, and I can't imagine that they won't, you've got to make a deal with your crew. You don't have to work on the event, but the client requires it. So we're not telling you to work the event or not work the event. We're just telling you that the client is not accepting you on the event. And so you end up having to say to the client to comply, you have to pay a guy, for example, or a female, half a day's pay. They'll go get tested. They'll stay home and quarantine for two more days and they'll come and get another rapid test. And if you don't do that, and the, you know, then you send your crew and there's another problem with guys going home, you're bearing all that expense. And it gets, you know, it gets expensive very quickly when you got to swap out crews immediately. And it's just not fair to the other guys on the crew. It's a, it's a huge problem that everybody's got to figure out how to get their arms around. Eric, what a, what a lot they of people have been doing is sending double the amount you know, to a sh uh, to a show site like that, and put right. the other half in a hotel, isolated, so that if something like this comes along, you're covered. I mean, it's still double, but uh, they've also worked out. You know, kind of like uh, we'll split the cost with you with the client. You well, know. that makes sense. What I'm doing right now, it. Fred. So, so Fred, that's exactly what I'm. That's exactly what I'm doing right now. I'm sitting in San Diego because I came to be a backup audio for. Uh, college basketball tonight so i'm heading home now because they're all there and they're they're setting up but they flew me over here to be a backup so i sat in a hotel after getting tested hopefully it was hotel del coronado <laughs> no not quite that nice i did get to go down to little italy though it was kind of fun last night oh that's cool that's cool so so um Let's see uh, who hasn't spoken. Um, who hasn't spoken and would like to say something about this because it's just an opinion. Ron, what about you? What's going on up there in Canada? How are you feeling about that uh, up there? Uh, we're All still right. locked down. We're still in lockdown here for another week, and then they're going to split Ontario into sections. Uh, Toronto will be another probably one or two weeks in lockdown, and uh, and we're. Uh, we're going to loosen it up next week, Wednesday, I think. Then all of a sudden we can do uh, the restaurants will open up again and barbers and, and that kind of stuff. But it'll be very limited. And uh, we're very, very uh, regulated for everything. Like everybody's, you know, there's no messing around here. Like you, uh, they'll be the, they close us down in a heartbeat here if they think it's it's getting unruly. 
Um, we had 20 cases in this area today, uh, and that's uh, that's it. But you know, overall in Canada, um, it's coming down. But uh, the vaccine rollout here is is horrible right now, which is kind of bizarre. But we're doing a piss poor job of the, uh, the rollout in all of Canada right now. So you know, we're not. We, you know, as I sad to say, but I don't think we're going to see festivals this year at all. And, and that's it. And there's no talk about order opening the border uh, between Canada and the US that will probably stay closed. I mean, it's there's just no way that uh, anybody wants to open it up right now. So, yeah, it's not great. Um, you know, we won't be seeing any work for a while. Got a bunch more companies went out of business. Uh, I think three more now went uh, auction, I'm getting auction notices almost every day now for uh, for the rest of the companies. They just keep on tanking. So that's not great either. Now, I thought the Canadian government was giving you guys money to stay alive. Yeah, it is. It is giving us money. I mean, we got another grant now. I got, uh, they've, uh, we just filled out a grant form and got, you know, approved within five or six days for 20 grand. No questions asked. Um, and, you know, they've done, uh, they've done, tons of stuff, you know, guaranteed government loans where they, you know, the government guarantees it. So you can pretty much anybody can get it, any legitimate business. And, and, you know, you get 60 grand and you got to pay 40 back. If you start, I think it's 2022, you got to start paying back. And if you pay back uh, at that point in time, they forgive for uh, 20 grand is forgiven on, on those bank loans. So there's, there's, you know, there is tons of stuff going on and the, Wage subsidies are great. I mean, that's what's keeping the doors open for most of the guys. The government's paying 65% of the, your wages. It comes back to you uh, every month. Uh, and that's been a lifesaver for pretty much anybody. But it's the, you know, the high rents. You know, guys who've got paying 15, 20 grand a month in, in rents that are, uh, are, are having a hard time. I mean, you know, one or two months of that, you're probably okay. But and after that, it starts to uh, starts to get a little rough, and I and that's the problem. I think a lot of these guys are are finding that they just physically can't keep uh, their spaces going. The, the cost of operation is is too high. So you know, I'm so out in the middle. I'm I'm in a, I'm in between basically sort of in between Toronto and Detroit. So I'm in an area that's the taxes are lower. Um, you know, we we own our own uh, buildings. Um, you know, we've diversed into a bunch of different things for to sort of be, keep a bit of the revenue going. So it's a little bit different, but a lot of guys who are, you know, hardcore production guys, um, yeah, they're, uh, they're having a tough time. And the government's been great. I mean, people bitch about the government here all the time as well. And, but the reality of it is they've, they've been really good. And, the, you know, even with the forums and stuff, and, the, you know, there's been nothing difficult. It's all been relatively easy. Uh, and the, the money is deposited directly into your account within a few days. I mean, it's really been uh, as good as it can be. But, you know, we were all hoping, sort of like you guys, but we were all hoping for, um, you know, the, uh, the vaccines to get, get rolled out. And we thought that we were just, you know, it was just happening at a really good pace. And now all of a sudden we're, you know, it's terrible. Uh, you know, so we don't, like I said, at this point, we, we see losing the entire summer. And, uh, and for us, because we're such a seasonal country, um, you know, that's it for us. I mean, we, you know, we'll back to corporate stuff in the, 
in the in the fall and the winter but i mean that's not the, that's not our mean potatoes it's it's uh you know it's all the outdoor festivals that are are going to be gone so kind of sad well i i'm seeing you know we that you 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 opened up two two different subjects there number one is 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 about the vaccines and now here in the united states fema is starting to act, get actively motivated in distributing the vaccine also the national guard is now getting involved in that so we might have an accelerated growth especially if johnson and johnson's gets approved and then there's the nova nova check i think is the other one astrazeneca um so we could have five or six vaccines starting to circulate distributed by fema and the national guard here and we could really start moving very quickly um that might that might accelerate also up into canada if if they see what we're doing and they see that what we're doing works right well, we, we had a bunch of vaccines that we had ordered uh, from that were supposed to come in from europe and then the europeans decided that they were going to halt those uh because they felt that they were going to keep those vaccines for the European Union uh, instead of shipping them over. So, you know, and, and always our kind of nice guy uh, image uh, at that point kind of bites us in the ass because, you know, we're like, oh, okay, that sounds like a good idea. You know, <laughs> we just, you know, we, we're not, uh, we just don't have the uh, the might to, I think, to, uh, to sort of be uh, angry about it. So, um, I mean, you know, like it's working, it's trying. We have spent a lot of money on vaccines. I mean, we, yeah, we, we've already been criticized by by different countries for. Oh, wait a second, Canada bought you know ten times what their what their population is, and and it's like yeah, that's true, but we don't have it. I mean, it's, it hasn't arrived, so it's kind of useless. And and yeah, we have purchased way more than we're ever going to need. What you know, and and if we get it, I'm sure that we'll give it away to somebody who needs it. But right now, we're we're in a, a situation where we're we're just not getting it, you know. And uh, I don't know if that's going to change or not. Yeah, well, we sure hope it does because we all need it. Uh, you know, like here in Nevada right now, uh, it's 70 and above um, first responders. They're fighting about school teachers. And the other thing that's 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 uh, going on is that the website hasn't been updated since January 18th here, which is really frightening. But on the local news, I heard that they were going to do certain things to uh, escalate the uh, the vaccine uh, distribution here. So hopefully that's going to change here. But yeah, the other I, thing that you brought I have up relatives in Florida who have been vaccinated. <laughs> yeah, I think David's going. David Dansky, aren't you going for your second vaccine? And when he, I'm sure that, uh, yeah, well, there you go. On Sunday, my second shot. It'll be a great feeling to have it, that's for sure. So, and and my friend Michael from New York, he's going for his second shot. So I know a few people, and, and Kenny, aren't you, aren't you now getting a shot in California? Uh, Ventura County opened up to 65 plus, so like a couple of days ago. Soonest appointment I could get was Friday, so I'm going on Friday. And, uh, Did you get some phony is, ID or something like that? Because you're not <laughs> yeah, 65, that's it. Oh, yeah. No, no. I, yeah, I, you know, I got it uh, jacked up. But the, you know, the kid, kid at the corner store set me up. But yeah. um, what I was going to say was, how long, David, after the second shot until you're like totally, uh, you know, 95% effective? I don't know. It's got to be a week to 10 days. But I don't know the answer to that yet. But I'm figuring around, you know, week to 10 days. I say, so, let's ask Dr. Fauci. All right, and the answer is. Oh. Yeah, so the, with the with I'm the rules being, 
I'm sorry. sorry. Go ahead. No, I was just saying I'll get the Pfizer vaccine. So whatever it is, I'll find out. I'm on a need to know basis. I'll know after Sunday. <laughs> so with, with the rule of most states being 65 and older getting vaccines, that means it's only going to be us old guys that are going to be able to get back to work. Yeah. Well, that works for me. Well, being an old guy. Very gradually, very gradually. Hey, Steve, what's going on in Louisiana over there? Uh, 65 and, and older, yeah, as far as the vaccine. But it, uh, from what I understand, we've gotten a, a pretty good load of it down here just recently. Mm-hmm. So my sister-in-law works at a hospital, and she said they offered relatives over 65 that they can come in like now. <laughs> so mm-hmm. I was able to go in today and get it. Now, is any, and now you mentioned relatives, is anybody hearing that? Because I've heard this from a few different people that they, that they get the vaccines and it's scheduled, but somebody can't show up. So then the pharmacist or the person giving the vaccine is calling their friends and relatives and saying, hey, is there anybody in the group and we can have them come down right now? Is that happening in anybody's state other than uh, California? And I heard in Dodger Stadium, if you show up at the end of the day, Chances of getting a shot are pretty good, no matter what your demographics. The same in New Jersey. So it's like Broadway. You can get in the cancellation line. Yeah, two for the price of one, too. You know, two first, you can get that. So, uh, So Brian, Brian Scott, he's our ADA expert. And because he's an ADA expert, he knows everything about everything, science and medical. Uh, Brian, why don't you you chip in some information right here for us? What is the what is the time frame when you get the second vaccine? How good are you to go? I've heard multiple answers to that. Uh, And I think, as David referred to, it depends on the the type of vaccine. Um, uh, I heard initially it was two weeks after you got the second one, but I haven't much on that lately. So um, that would make sense if your first one's coming back up, um, you know, two weeks later. So about all I know on that. There you go. You've heard it from the expert. That's all you that. So now we know what, what's going on. So now also Ron mentioned um, grants and Michael Strickland had mentioned the fact that the Verizon grant was out there. Uh, did anybody apply for that Verizon grant? Did anybody get the Verizon grant? Let's talk about it. So Steve Sluter, why don't you go first? And then after that, anybody else who raised their hand, just go right after him. So we applied for it, but um, it's really geared up mostly for minorities, I believe. Um, I, don't, I don't know if we'll get it. it you go into a, it, if you make the final stage, then they'll contact you again. And I think there's more paperwork at that point that may have to get filled out for it. Mm-hmm. That's it. I, so it's, it's sit and wait now, basically, to see if you qualify. And they now, said is, the cutoff date was what, March? What was it, 15th or 5th or something? Yeah, somewhere. In, in other words, if you don't hear by that date, if you, don't, yeah. if you don't hear by that date, then you're, you haven't been accepted. And it's now, definitely geared towards small business and minorities and so forth. Yeah. Now, doesn't living in Louisiana make you a minority? <laughs> no, of course. only if you're not a crawfish. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're in Kansas. I think that would make you a minority as well. You know, almost. Uh, we can't even be crawfish here. <laughs> you know, I mean, you're right in the middle of the country, right? I mean, you have a place that you have a place there is called Centrella, 
well, actually, that's in Illinois, Centralia, which is directly right in the middle of the country, I believe. Well, actually, if you saw the Bruce Springsteen Jeep commercial, uh, where it was filmed in Kansas was because it's the supposedly the geographic center of the continental United States. Did, did anybody see him get panned on that? I mean, it seemed like that commercial got really seriously panned by a lot of people. Really? Everything yeah, the, I read loved it, said it was the best commercial of the whole broadcast. Did you hear that he yeah. got a DWI in November? Yeah, just read that. Yeah, they just yeah, read it on YouTube. The whole commercial was taken off YouTube today. Because of the DWI news? Yeah. Oh, come on, are you kidding me? Cancel well, culture. You got to admit, an auto manufacturer associating themselves with somebody with a DWI is a little touchy. Hypocritical? <laughs> I don't know about office. that. It's Bruce Springsteen. Come on, give me a break, you know? So what's the, the boss, tagline? man. He can't do anything you're wrong. Drunk, drive a Jeep, and then you won't get hurt? Yeah, it wasn't like Alec Baldwin, you know? It was, you know, it's like, you know, or, or what, what was they, you know, they, you know, I could just imagine the coach, you know, what was the coach's son's name that, the, you know, the, the from uh, the Chiefs? Um, Reed. Andy yeah. Reid, I think his name was. Ryan you Reed. Know? Yeah, I mean, I guess, I guess he lost his endorsement from, you know, from any motor vehicle company. Uh, no, I drive an F4 150. You know? well, he also lost his paycheck. Unbelievable. Gotta run, guys. I might I might catch you back again a little bit later if you're still around. But all yeah. right, Michael. All right. Well, thanks for your thanks for your knowledge, Michael. Take care. So before you leave, Michael, oh yeah, you, have you left? You realize no. that it's Valentine's Day. We won't be seeing each other till after Valentine's Day. So I want to, you know, I just wanted to know if you will be my Valentine. You know. Yeah. Well, if I don't take care of my Valentine responsibilities, you might not see me anymore. So <laughs> nice one. Yeah. My, my wife's a, an Italian from Boston and she doesn't play like, just, no. just reminder, Grapevine Lake, Lake Louisville, White Lake, White Rock Lake. They're not that deep. You would uh, float to the surface pretty soon. Thanks for the help, Mike. Appreciate it. There you go. There you <laughs> go. That's it's love. All, it, it's, it's all an opinion, but it's a positive opinion. That's what I could say. You right. Know? So right. who else has got some plans for Valentine's Day? Anybody? There's no lovers in this room. Come on, there's got to be some lovers in this room. Angelo, you're a you know you you look like a, you might be an, a Latin lover. What the hell? What's going hey, on? Hey, we can't we can't go out here in British country. Yes. Lowe's is having a Valentine's Day evening out date night at the Lowe's painting and wine and and have an evening at Lowe's. You mean Lowe's like as in the hardware store? Yes. Oh, my date night is uh, my date night is in the car wash. You know, take two to the car wash and push the slow button. That's great. that's nice, Angelo. So, Kenny, what are you doing for Valentine's Day? How are you celebrating it? Talking to Ken Porter, right? No way. Okay, Ken Porter, sure. I'm gonna sit at home and be boring. Just <laughs> told you he's going to Lowe's. He's going to Lowe's. It's also, you know, it's also going to be President's Day, you know. It's yeah, the day, you know, day after day after Valentine's Day is President's Day, so you get Valentine's right. so, and you know, President's and, Boom. and it's a long weekend. So for Bill Clinton, it's like the trifecta. And then, <laughs> and then Tuesday is Mardi Gras, which we're not having. Oh, yeah, yeah, Mardi Gras canceled this year. Mardi Gras. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. Wow. What are they going to do with year. all those beads? <laughs> Drunk people on the street. 
Well, it's been a whole thing about uh, people decorating their houses all over. There are over 3,000 of them that have participated. Some of them are really elaborate things. You, you can go Google it and, and you'll, you'll see. It's, it's pretty cool, actually. <laughs> mm-hmm. So who hasn't spoken? Who hasn't said anything at all today? Hey, you know, we got a, we got a very special guest in the room. We do. It, we do. Now, I, I, my version of special guest may be different from yours, but in my world, there's a very special person in the room. And he was he was on video for a while there, but he's kind of hiding now. Let's and get I him sure out of let's get him out of hiding. I, I sure hope he'll turn his camera back on. And that's the the amazing Tom Durr of Soundcraft console fame. I mean, Tom Durr has got to be one of the nicest guys in the sound equipment business. There's Tom. How are you doing, Tom? Hey. I'm so so happy to see you on here, Tom. Yeah, just, just got back from picking up my dog. So good timing. <laughs> oh, perfect. Perfect. So, so tell, tell us right? about, yeah, where are you? Aren't you in New Hampshire? Yeah, I'm in New Hampshire, just an hour north of Boston. So, so have, you, like have you been at home for months or have you been traveling around and, and no, I've been here really since uh, God, the last trip I did was down to New York City for um, mainly for fun. I saw a Broadway show and visited some uh, rock and roll pals. And uh, that's pretty much been it. You know, I haven't been anywhere in almost a year. It's been the longest time I've been in one place for probably 20, 23 or 25 that's, years. That's what I was going to say. You're Mr. Travel. You're always on the on the go, right? Decent amount, not as much as I used to, but uh, but yeah, it's it's been uh, it's been wild. Yeah, I've been here for an so unbelievable amount of time. Are you servicing clients by Zoom these days? Uh, you know, calls and you know, usual stuff. We do you know decent. You know, Harmon does a d- decent amount of Zoom meetings, and there's Zoom this and Zoom that. But you know, it's mainly just calls, emails. Did I see right. that uh, you sold the uh, Studer? No longer. Yeah, Studer to- was sold to Everts. Um, the, the, the actual uh, close, actually, I think, happened yesterday. Um, no kidding. So, That's huge. Yeah, it's uh, interesting. Everts out of Canada basically bought Suter. Um, we don't know how much for. I mean, some people do. I don't. Um, I don't think it was for a ton. Um, and what their plans are with it uh, is to be determined. Um, they have some interest in the uh, digital on-air console we've got to, or they had to uh, integrate into some existing Evert stuff, and we'll see what they do with Vista. But uh, yeah, so the for those who haven't heard my take on it, um, basically the shared technologies like the Vistonic screens, the Fader Glow, um, some of the other sort of unique patented things are shared between both companies. Uh, I'm not sure who has retained um, ownership of the intellectual property. But whoever has it grants perpetual rights uh, for the other to develop it. So that's sort of how the, the split between VI and Vista will work. Well, and I, Very think, interesting. I think it's a good fit, honestly, because I, I think it's a better fit for Everts than it ever was for Samsung. Oh, absolutely. I mean, again, uh, and you know, you need to re- really reference Harman. People like to reference Samsung, but for the most part, Samsung's involvement with Harman Pro has been very hands-off. We're treated, you know, very much like an independent business entity to a point. I mean, certainly at high levels, that's a different story. But in customer-facing and down at my level, really right, right, point. because we we all know Samsung bought it for the for the OE and the lifestyle stuff. Uh, OE OE uh, automotive predominantly. I think the lifestyle was sort of a secondary 
you know, sort of benefit from it. Um, Until they created the pandemic and everybody needed sound. Yeah, of course. Um, you know, and, you know, thankfully, you know, the diversification of Harmon, while again, you know, in recent years, weakened production for the most part, other than uh, some of the JBL stuff, um, the diversification into the retail and MI market and USB mixers and small, you know, near field monitors and all that stuff has, has helped buffer us uh, during the last year. Um, it's, you know, it's sort of starting to saturate a bit, but still it was, uh, it, it allowed us to continue sort of unabated to a certain extent, though there, there certainly have been cuts and things done to uh, help. And so you haven't been furloughed or anything like that? No, I took a 10% uh, pay cut for about nine months uh, last year. They reinstated that uh, in January, and we took we all took a uh, the, the 401k contribution that Harmon was making went away until just uh, this last month. Mm -hmm. So that was it. So no, very no, not so bad. Now, normally we don't talk about product, but in this case, I will make an exception to the rule. Uh, but now a lot of the manufacturers are now because streaming and everybody's at home, they're making USB products. It, um, are you guys at Soundcraft doing anything USB for the house? Yeah, I mean, not for the house, but we had like the, the little, you know, $100-ish notepad mixers that have a USB stereo out. And we've had a signature, which has a multi-track and a, depending on the model of stereo out and they've been selling like, you know, gangbusters. And that's, that's really true throughout the industry. I mean, all my pals who are in like recording oriented companies or home studio or project, you know, they had like record years last year. It's, it's crazy. Just the amount of the amount of stuff that either had USB or that sort of stuff that sold was, you know, is, is almost insatiable there for a while. Yeah. I mean, wait, Earth now works. back up. You said something about a hundred dollar ish. USB mixer made by Soundcraft? Is there yeah, such notepad. a notepad? Yeah, it's just a what's yeah. what's it what's the model? Tell me about that. Oh, it's a notepad. There's a five and eight FX and a twelve FX. It's just like, you know, a little, you know, just a ton of people make that sort of thing, but we do as well. And you know, we're all selling, you know, shitloads of them. Yeah, yeah I thought the only Behringer was the only one that had the hundred dollars. Nah, there's a bunch of us that, that got it, but uh, great, great. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, because, you know, I mean, you know, a lot of people are making interfaces right now. Like, for example, yeah. Solid State Logic. I mean, could you believe it? They came out with a $200 uh, uh, interface, you know, two-channel interface, so you, you know, yeah. for stereo. So, I mean, who would have thought of that? I mean, you know, they're, they're competing now with Focusrite, you know? I mean, so... It, it, it is it is a viable industry right now because people are buying stuff to do Zoom meetings and yep. everybody wants to increase the quality of their Zoom meeting because they're doing so many of them, you know? Yeah, I mean, interface is just, you know, that whole market, you know, hearing sort of reports from Sweetwater and others, you know, that whole market was just, again, just went crazy for a while. Like I said, I think it's sort of saturated now, but, you know, for nine months or eight months, it was, just, you know, you couldn't get enough. Hey, Tom. Uh, yeah, sure is yeah. sure is selling more SM7s than ever, right? Yeah, yeah exactly. And a uh, small mics. crazy. Yep. So and what so so AKG has some mics that are that are popular too, right? Yeah, AKG had a you know most of the companies out of the Harmon portfolio, you know, obviously went down in business as you might expect, not as much as you might expect, but AKG actually went up partly due to the USB mic and headphones and little cheap microphones. Amazing. Yeah, now, crazy. Okay, Ken Porter. 
A lot of a lot of console manufacturers are heading toward or talking about going toward uh, remote controlled consoles, like uh, the CalRec is doing one now that you can control it from master control in the truck, can be controlled on site. Are we heading yeah. that direction, or how are we? Well, doing we're that? we're not anytime soon. Studer Studer had that capability to an extent. Studer could also do um, remote diagnostics, and that you could sort of port in um, uh, via like a, a, a VPN type line into the into the console and actually do do uh, configurations and uh, diagnostics, which was sort of nice. Now, if anybody in there, I don't know if we have anybody who knows anything about mixing consoles or speakers or engineering a live sound or anything like that. But it would just seem to me that how can you mix a, a show from remotely? How do, you, how do you compensate for the acoustics in the room or when people move in? How, do, how does that happen? I mean, I could see lighting, you know, but, you know, but I can't see sound doing that. How does that happen? Very poorly. I knew it. <laughs> Very poorly. Well, the first shot was it's TV, you know, when they're doing all this uh, basically harvesting stuff on, you know, out in the site for football games and baseball and hockey and all that stuff there. And then it's coming to mass control to be in mixed down. So they're controlling what's there mixed on site and then coming in. So you have an A2 that pretty much patches everything in and then it's mixed uh, final edited and stuff there to broadcast. Right, but that's exactly why the Super Bowl halftime show generally sounds like crap this year included. You like that, okay. Jim? You like how uh, well, I brought it let's, right let's put it this way. Let's put it this way. The first three songs, I could hardly hear the vocals. Does anybody have anything that they want to say about that? No, anybody? No, I couldn't hear. They're mixing it in the <laughs> truck and they're mixing for broadcast. They're not mixing for live. So they, by the You're... time they realize something's wrong, the halftime show's over. Well, that would be according to Robert, according to Robert Scoville, that what we what we that didn't hear a good thing heard was because we were not set to the right decoder setting on our decoder of our TV or listening device. I couldn't find the right setting on mine, but I was scrolling through the different settings, and I was going to ask uh, Robert which one he landed on because I couldn't find the right one. Maybe he has some better one because he has the tendency to have better equipment. But the point is. He blamed it on decoding. In other words, they're listening to 5.1 in their control room, and we're listening to you know 3.1 or sorry 2.1 in our home, and it's just not working. He blamed it on that. That's pretty ridiculous. I mean, yeah. for you, for anybody to mix a show of that stature without listening to a two-track mix at the same time makes no sense. I'll, I'll look up and see what mine was set to. I watched, that was the only part of the Super Bowl I actually listened to. I turned on my Onkyo. It was set on Dolby Pro Logic or whatever it was. Sounded fine to me. And then all of a sudden yeah. I get on Facebook and people are just slamming. Yeah, ranting like blood. crazy. Yeah. And then there was, then somebody posted a YouTube video of the stereo down mix and it was horrible. So I understand what people are talking about. Yeah, it was, it was, I mean, 
I mean, I have a I have a nice stereo in my house, and I just thought there was something wrong with my TV all of a sudden. But you know, because it didn't make any sense. But then after the third song, I started calling people and texting people. Hey, is this is it just me? Is it just me? But no, it was everybody. So the reality is, something had to go wrong. It they couldn't possibly have just left it to decoding, because I I mean, you know, I haven't had a decoder ring since I was a kid. I don't um, even know where right, it is. Robert was saying, what's what's it called, Fred? When it's you know. 5.1 and then uh, it's decoded or whatever down to two um, yeah 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 that thing it was just not translating properly well a lot of people a lot of people i asked the question so i said where were you watching it and they said direct tv or a cable company or whatever i watched off air so i got the best picture in the yeah you got the most pure thing yeah exactly and i i i watched it over the uh over air antenna tv Without that works, so I just brought my TV in and hooked up to a HD antenna, and that's how we watched it. And we could hardly hear the singer. We heard the musicians and the backup singers more than we heard the lead singer. Yeah. What, what kind of what kind of sound system, though, Josh? It was just the t- uh, speakers right off the TV. It was like yeah, a so that's the problem. TV. The t- that's the problem. The TV was doing the download for you. I actually right, exactly. on a five on a five one receiver. I turned the TV off, the sound off of the TV, and listened to the optical output from the TV and it sounded fine. Yeah. Also, so, yeah, also I, I had the same and yeah, it was okay, but it wasn't, uh, wasn't great. All right, Tom, what were you saying? No, I was on a stereo uh, mix right off the, from a Comcast uh, cable feed and, you know, just to, to the sound bar it sounded fine to me. I didn't even know there was an issue till, till now. Yeah. The first three songs were the, the vocals were buried. What those were songs. I don't know. You know. It was like I he couldn't feel his These face. Days, what is that crap? I didn't even know who the guy was. Well, that's apparently, the interesting apparently thing. I slept a lot of through people. the weekend, the weekend's 15 minutes of previous fame because I got severely taken to task for not knowing who the weekend was. I just thought he was another spelling challenged entertainer. Listen, that there's been no halftime show worth watching since Prince 2007. So just tell the kids that they can go watch that show, watch it over and over again. Best halftime. Uh, there were some that uh, were okay, but yeah, nothing compares to Prince. Yeah, nothing compares to that. I don't know. I liked the Lady Gaga one. I thought she was great. It was great. I thought I thought the, I was but say it wasn't well, Prince. I thought the best Prince? one was the. Uh, I thought the best one was the J Lo Shakira one so far in my book. The Who in New Orleans was really good too. Yeah. Well, hey, here's a question. Here's a question for the group. Any, I, I think in Robert's group, somebody mentioned Robert. I mean, uh, Dave Natale doing the PA mix in the stadium. Do you, anybody know who did the PA mix in the stadium for that? I don't know if it was Dave, but I guarantee it wasn't what we heard on TV then. Well, well of course it wasn't that. TV. You know. You know who would know? Probably the people from ATK. Of course, the ATK Raul guys would know. Any, yeah, Raul. I thought that's who said that was Raul. Yeah, Raul, Raul said who was the name of the person who was doing it. All right. Well, we have a homework assignment. We'll we'll figure that out. You know, <laughs> it just it was just a curious thing because only what twenty two thousand people heard that anyway, and millions of people heard the air mix, and it was the air mix was done in the music mix mobile, right? The um, Joel uh, Joel whatever his last name is Joel's truck was doing that, and it was probably John Harris probably mixing the air mix, right? Um, but the thing is, uh, I just was curious because somebody in some group online was saying that it was probably a Digico console 
uh, doing the PA mix. And I thought, really? Dave Natale on a Digico console? I thought he was totally anti-digital. I'd say Dave still carries his own PM4000, last I heard. Last I heard, true that too. is, And I, I thought they must have dug up a PM4000 for Dave to use. We got to get Chris Leonard in the room. I'm sure he would know. Dave he, he owns his own 4K. Yeah. Dave owns yeah. his own 4K. Oh, not, is that right? a question of digging one up. He has one. Oh, and is that it's, right? It okay. stays with him when he's not on the road with it. Does he have sure racks and racks of outboard gear too, Tim? One rack. I'm sure since it was on CBS, it passed through the broadcast truck, but went through a cow rack on one of the paths. And probably one of the older paths probably was still using the Dolby equipment. The CBS still specs the Dolby encoders on their transmission paths. But I thought those trucks had all Lao consoles. That was mixing a Lao, I thought. I'm pretty sure Cal rack for, for a lot, most of those trucks. Yeah, the, 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 music truck, the music truck may have been a Lao, but the broadcast trucks are pretty much all Cal rack these days. Hey, Fred, seeing you're the only one that's working right now, or it appears you're working, either that or you've got great virtual reality going on. Tell us a little bit about the show you're doing right now. I wasn't. I, like I said, I was, I, was, I was a backup. I'm sitting at the San Diego airport waiting to go home. Oh, you're, oh, you're, you're the, done with the gig. What was the gig? Was it some sporting event? <laughs> yeah, it's a college basketball game. It'll be on tonight on CBS Sports Network. San Diego State versus whoever. Oh, so they sent you home as soon as the guy, that the other guy, was okay, huh? Yeah, he showed up for the venue or you and tested okay. And so I'm, I'm released to go home. How interesting. Oh, very cool. Yeah, because I thought you were working because this the roof system looks almost like the same as the roof system in the studio that you were in. Yeah, no, no, but yeah it does look like the same. But the contact, but no, I'm at the, I'm at the airport. Well, it's, well, you know, you know, I want to thank everybody for coming. And I want to remind you that it is, it is, it is President's Day coming up. And, you know, it's an interesting thing. Of course, George Washington was known for his honesty and, and it's honest Abe, you know. And so there's, I want to, I, this story I tell every year, and if you've never heard it before, you're going to hear it for the first time. But there was this immigrant that came to America. It was, and he got very, very wealthy. And when he got here and made all his money, he, he, he built a mansion just like it was in the old country. And just to be just like in the old country, he built an outhouse as well with a great view of the land. And one day he called his three kids into the room and he wanted to know, hey, which one of you kids pushed the outhouse over the cliff? And nobody said anything. And so he says, listen, let me tell you something. My favorite president of all time was George Washington. And George Washington, when he was a, a kid, he chopped down his cherry tree. And when his father came over and said, George, did you chop down the cherry tree? George said, yes, dad, I can't tell a lie. I chopped down the cherry tree. And George Washington's father was so proud of him. He didn't do anything. Now, which one of you three push the outhouse over the cliff. So the little one raises his hand and the father leans back and whoosh, slaps him across the face. And the kid said, Dad, you said George Washington, you know, he told the truth and, and, and his father didn't do anything. Why did you hit me? And his father says, that's because George Washington's father wasn't in the cherry tree when he chopped it down. So if you haven't heard that one, you could share it with the group. Anyway. Ba -dum -ba -dum. All right. And on that note, 
Let's go off the air. That'll take us off the air. No, that'll take us off the air. I want to thank everybody for watching. We're going to stay in the room for as long as people want to stay. Remember, you can join us by by sending in a a DM or an email or call anybody in the room. Anybody can invite you. We send out a bunch of emails and invites you. So you're all welcome. Just remember everything you heard today was an opinion, whether it's true or not. That's up to you to figure it out. And I will leave you with this. Stay safe and healthy and a happy Valentine's Day. Happy President's Day. And remember, you make it happen. So click the like button, share the links. And we really appreciate everything that you've come to uh, share with us. And I hope you all learned something today as well, because I know I did. So again, thanks for coming. And we're going to go off the air right now. So. Uh, but don't, uh, yeah, but uh, you know, because you're going to miss all the good stuff if you don't sign up and get on the, uh, get on the Zoom meeting next time. Oh, man.